Many of us, when we run a business, often think that we are the business. Is that true for you? Because we do so at our own peril. We put ourselves under pressure. We think that if we don't do everything, that the ball will drop and that business will stop. So we begin to micromanage, perhaps overmanage, and we give up lots and lots of things in our lives. And I've made this mistake as well. Many people I know have and maybe are still doing it. We don't really have clarity on what the boundaries are, the things that we should do, need to do, and other things that we're best not doing. In fact, we should be delegating these to other people, building a team. It's been said that if your business cannot do without you, you haven't got a business. And I'm reminded of some people I've spoken to on this podcast over the years that have reminded me to remind myself that I am not the business. I simply work in the business. If I don't do that and don't recognize that, then I will not let go and I will not know when to say no. My guest this week is Rochelle Leerling. She's based in Spain, just like me. And we're going to speak about the learning that she's had and the value that she provides by helping entrepreneurs to understand their inner game, how they see themselves, their systems, their personal habits, rules and boundaries, and clarity, the importance of knowing why you do what you do, not, ju not just what you do, but also knowing that someday, sometime, you will give up what you do because it will be time to do something else. And that's not always easy. So it's a really interesting episode this week. This is the Training Business Podcast. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett Hayes. Hey, welcome to the show. This is the Training Business Podcast. You can find all episodes over at trainingbusiness.com. If this is your first time here, welcome. I've been doing this for four, nearly five years in August 23. It will be five years. And this is the show for people like you and me, consultants, trainers, coaches, facilitators, people who make a living from the things that we know. We've converted those things into programs, workshops, maybe books, courses, keynotes. I've done most of these things. And if you've not done some of these things or any of these things, it doesn't matter because we have wonderful guests on the show. Sometimes it's just you and I, lots of solo episodes in the archives. Also, we also have guests on the show who can share their expertise with you. I'm a self-employed trainer. I'm a coach. I'm building a business right now, a team of about six or seven people. And I've been unemployed, self-employed, and employed. And there are differences between those three things. And something that I mentioned this week in conversation with this week's guest, Rochelle, is a couple of books that you might like to read, one of which is The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. If you've not yet subscribed, please click on follow or subscribe because it gives you the chance to be notified of episodes as they come out. Rochelle, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You're in Malaga down the road. I'm in Barcelona, both of us in Spain. And we're not from Spain, are we? No, we don't look that Spanish, do we? No. But, um, yeah, no. I've been living here for a while now. Okay. So today we're going to remind people of the word business because this is the training business podcast. When I ask people who are my peers, they say, I'm a coach, I'm a trainer, I'm a facilitator. 
And I'm inclined to say, actually, first and foremost, you're a business owner. So let's begin with the topic of entrepreneurship. What you do is you help people to, as you say, unchain themselves from the day-to-day operations. Um, let's 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 tell you what. Let's go right back to basics and begin with your background. What what made you feel that you want to help people who are business owners in the first place? Well, we got a while, don't we? Um, the long story short is that I've always been an entrepreneur. I never ever worked for a boss. Um, already in my university years, I found out I was bored and I really wanted to set things up myself and experience things that I hadn't experienced before. And the only, only option left after doing all the things I wanted to do was becoming an entrepreneur. And I did, um, Mm. which I never regretted. Um, from that point onwards, I just started doing things like having my own marketing agency, um, working in innovation, uh, in the tech startup scene and, Mm. It's been like a, a, a ride of things going back and forth and a lot of changes and a lot of bums in the road. But I think that the long um, pattern through all this work has been me interacting with entrepreneurs, uh, whether I was uh, collaborating with them or working for an entrepreneur. Um, but I was so intrigued by the way they behave in business and really mm-hmm. seeing a lot of behavioral patterns um, Yeah, within all of them. Okay. So what are some of the patterns that you notice from people who run their own business? Often the entrepreneur um, wants to be important and needs to be important in order to feel good. And this is a really harsh one to start off with, um, but it comes down to, we all have our reasons to start a business mm-hmm. and often it's more um, deep than we'd like to admit what I see is that often entrepreneurs work their asses off in, in a good way. I mean, they take ownership, uh, they're responsible, they really truly care about their products and their services and the people they serve, mm-hmm. um, but they take it too far. And taking it too far means um, going a step beyond the extra mile and burning yourself out. But it can also mean that you're still working in the operations and doing things you should no longer be doing uh, as you have grown, have already established your successful business. Um, so what I really saw um, was that entrepreneurs are doing things that fit their old identity, uh, their old way of working, the beginning years of how they used to work, but never changed the identity while they were growing their business. Yeah, there's a lot in there, actually, what, what you just said. And I can recognize that in me, for sure. Mm-hmm. So when people describe themselves as facilitators, as trainers, as coaches, they're, that's the thing they might say to other people. But they have to remind themselves that they're running a business. And I can see right now, because my area is sales enablement, I work in the area of developing and coaching salespeople. A lot of people who have been in corporates have um, right now, because of the tech layoffs, have uh, are struggling with that transition from working in a corporate environment where everything's done for them to now working for themselves. And they now become that marketer, that salesperson, the operations person, the entrepreneur, the ideas person, the admin person. Um, And that's very hard if you're not used to it. And I can imagine that right now there are people listening who are thinking, I'm not in a job anymore. I want to work for myself. And both of us have read a book called The E-Myth and The E-Myth Revisited, which you mentioned off air. Why don't we just focus on that mindset for a moment? What does it take to actually transition from working for other people to working for yourself successfully? 
Well, that's a hard one. Um, first of all, I have to say I never worked for a boss, so I never made that transition. But yeah. what you just pointed out is that as entrepreneurs, we have a lot of hats on. We have all hats on and we're juggling it all. But often, uh, especially if you come from a job and you are an expert in certain field and you want to exploit those skills as a freelancer or a consultant or a coach, you are only focused on that expertise of yours. So basically you're selling your expertise for time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how you start. But what most entrepreneurs forget is that they also have to have a head on of the entrepreneur, which means strategizing their business, uh, working on the future sales and outreach, uh, partnerships, uh, but also just making sure they're still aligned with what they're doing. And that goes so much beyond just executing on the work and delivering to a client. Got it. Okay. So you help people to lead themselves better. You, You say that we should stop normalizing putting out fires always working hard. And uh, that's easy to say, but it's it's quite tempting to, to give in. And I think in terms of working for myself and working now as part of a team, often I don't know when to switch off. And the temptation is to flip out the laptop at, at 10 o'clock at night and, and work on something. How do you then switch off? How do you, you mentioned operations. Um, how do you let go of some things and focus on what you're actually good at, which mm-hmm. is ideally working and helping people? As clients. Well, it comes down to the identity part that we just discussed earlier, that Mm -hmm. we still have this old identity of ourselves being that maybe freelancer, consultant, or even uh, employee working and having certain expertise. We have to change our mindset. Once our business grows, we develop, it becomes established and successful. And often we don't. And that's why we run into problems like, I feel overwhelmed. There's too much on my plate. I'm working until 10 o'clock because there's no rules and boundaries. But once you start to notice that your business grows and thus your identity has been outgrown, you need to change that identity. And practically speaking, it comes down to understanding how you want to run your business. So mm-hmm. if a business is meant for you, at least it is a vehicle to whatever goals you have, let's say freedom, flexibility, um, work-life balance, then why doesn't it serve you at the moment? So finding a way and writing out what you need in order for the business to be thriving while you thrive in the process. So Again, even going deeper on practical aspects of that is what do I need to thrive during my business years? What do I need to feel great every single day? When do I stop working so that I feel uh, replenished and, and rejuvenated for the next day? Or what else is important in my life next to work so that it doesn't become a monster and enslave you? And it does. It, it's so easy to, isn't it? Because you're in love with the idea of something or the, the idea of working for yourself, but actually it becomes more than a job. It actually takes over. Yeah. And that's the whole problem of entrepreneurship. Dream is that we have freedom and we get to do whatever we love doing and are great at. And then often we find ourselves just working until super late at night, as you say, or feeling exhausted or just being addicted to work, checking your phone on weekends, checking your phone on vacation, not being present with your partner and kids. Uh, I can go on about that. But yes, mm. we are all, all guilty of that. So that's a common theme you see with your clients. Absolutely. Okay. And it's not like... This is no judgment. I mean, most entrepreneurs are hardworking. And as I said, like they take ownership and they really, truly care, but they have never really taken a step back and looked at themselves as an entrepreneur and then look at that identity that is attached to it. I have to work hard, hard to get there, or I need to serve that client, or I need to answer the email right now before they dot, dot, dot. But that never happens. And we need to change that mindset in order for things to change. As soon as we change, this business system around us changes. So in, in terms of change, you have 
a system, the three pillars of a radically effective entrepreneur, the inner game, clarity, and systems. Let's go through those three points. The three pillars of a radically effective entrepreneur. Right. Yeah. So like I just said, but it's always good to repeat, it's very much about the inner game. So the identity mm. work. How do you see yourself as an entrepreneur, as a business owner? What are your standards? Um, do you believe okay. you have to work hard? Um, do you believe that your clients need to be served at this moment in time? Um, what are your beliefs around you and your work? And one of those things that comes with it is, for instance, often clients saying, oh, well, but I'm a people pleaser. This is just part of how I deal with clients. Okay, but is the people-pleasing identity helping you? Is it serving you? It might have served you in the past while you were doing different things in your life or you know things were going on, but does it serve you right now? And then questioning those identities and um, beliefs of yours. Mm-hmm. Um, and if someone is not, let's say, honest with themselves, if someone cannot see the fact that, they're, that they've become their job, how do you deal with clients who are unable to see the woods for the tree, so to speak? Well, I think most entrepreneurs are very self-aware. Maybe they cannot pinpoint that mm-hmm. they are behaving in a certain way, but the consequences of their behavior that might not be known yet are the practical uh, outcomes. So mm-hmm. are you working too late? Are you not present with your kids and partner? Um, are you always reactive? Are you not able to get to your best work? Are you... Do you have a team that you lead, but you actually do the work in the end because you don't think they're doing it good enough? Those behavioral day-to-day things going on, that explains how you feel about work and about yourself. So that's the inner game. Um, How you see yourself, what you tell yourself about why you want to achieve something. Um, I'm looking at the notes you've provided here. Then systems, personal habits and rules and boundaries. So personal habits, things that you have to do to thrive exercise breaks and planning. Again, I've seen this many times. People transition from working in the corporate environment now to working for themselves. And all of that goes out the window. They used to have people had to have coffee with, and now they don't. They used to have a kind of a routine, and now they don't. And all of a sudden, it's the bed and the four walls. Um, and they've got to structure their lives around working for themselves. And often when they're working in the place where they sleep and eat and live, in a family life, that really becomes a problem. So I like the idea of rules and boundaries. Talk to me how you help people to establish those boundaries about proactivity, no work at night, because you mentioned the word partner a couple of times. So it really comes down to understanding that many of the things that you let go of are now becoming toxic to you. So what you've let go of were probably things that you needed in order to feel great, to sleep great, to have your head turn off at night. Those literal simple things we have let go of because we found our business to be way more important than us. But again, if you are the business, basically, then you cannot have a great business without you feeling great. So getting to that mindset and that almost awareness of, hey, if I don't feel great, if I cannot thrive, neither can my business. That's step number one. Um, Secondly, nobody will lead you because you're the owner now. So if you are in charge of the business, nobody will tell you when to stop or close the door behind you or say, oh, no, but it's only 10 a.m. or 10 p.m., sorry. Um, And thus you can let go. We don't give ourselves the permission to thrive and to let go. So we have to give ourselves that permission. I think that's step number two. And then, yes, we get to rules and boundaries. So what do you need in order to thrive? Um, What else is there in your life that you want to pay attention to and invest into? Um, 
And that comes down to very simple things. Like I don't want to pick up my phone or have meetings before 11 a.m. I want to be working on my business first before I work in my business. Or my team can always contact me between that and that time, but not between that and that time. Or uh, I close my laptop at 6 p.m. every single workday. I don't check anything after that. I come back tomorrow at 8.30. Things like that, you can just install. And all you need to do is just put on alarms in the beginning, uh, block your calendar, and it becomes kind of annoying until it becomes a habit. And do you keep, keep a, uh, sorry, do you help people to be accountable for those boundaries? Yes, absolutely. We okay. create a personal business handbook with them. So based on what rules and boundaries they need, they mm. create it, they write it out. And then we work with a daily tracker um, in which they write down what they did, what they didn't do, how they feel about their stress today, how they feel about your, your energy, the presence that they had with their, their, their family, for instance. So really becoming super duper intentional and aware. Okay. Point three, then clarity, knowing what's important at every moment. Again, uh, easy to say, I know that people I work with, a couple of colleagues of mine um, struggle with this too, because when you're working for yourself, it's the do- it's the dollar, right? It's that I can't turn this down. Um, sorry, darling, I have to go. I've got to do this, whatever. Um, how do you know what what really matters? And then, if you're working with a team, how do you establish those values among them as well? Mm-hmm. Um, it becomes, I think, most important part is just identifying what you really do on the day to day and week to week. So, what is happening? How do you spend your time? I would suggest tracking your time. Uh, for a full week. So how often do you have client meetings? How often do you talk to your team? Um, all that stuff in order to really get a good idea of what's going on, uh, literally. From there, um, yes, you have to slash and burn, as I call it. So looking into what you're really doing and then figuring out, is this driving my business forward or is this busy work? Am I spending too much time with my team? For instance, um, a Monday check-in with every single team me- uh, member for a full hour is that needed? Uh, can you just talk to them for 45 minutes or can you all talk to them in one meeting? Or rather, can you give them more ownership and have them explain to you what they're doing instead of you asking for it? Things like these. So re- reinstalling behavioral patterns and dynamics within the business. So on the one hand, it's you literally slashing and burning what's not helping your business. So is this moving the needle forward or not? And secondly, looking into how you spend your time uh, and how you can squeeze uh more out, not doing more, but rather only doing the right things and taking shorter time periods to do certain things that you are maybe wasting time on. What would you say to someone who hasn't got a team yet? They've again, transitioned from a corporate job or they've been, they're such control freaks, um, no offense intended that they feel I have to do the design of the PDFs. I have to um, set up my Zoom meetings. I have to do everything myself, um, administration, billing, et cetera. And they're resisting this this need to let go. Uh, What would you say to people who haven't got a team yet? And uh, what's your opinion of that? Mm -hmm. On that exact example that you just gave about like doing all the work, literally like PDF editing and all that stuff, does this cost you money or does this bring you money? So for instance, if you are spending two hours to get that PDF to finally look the way you want it, AKA perfection, um, is that costing you money because you are worth, let's say a hundred euros, dollars, an hour, or are you actually making money by doing that? So that's a good thing to ask. Secondly, Mm -hmm. if you don't have a team yet, you can still manage this and look into your calendar. What am I spending time on that I should not be spending time on? Um, Also, 
before you have a team, start writing down your processes of everything that you're doing. So if you have, let's say this podcast, for instance, you probably have your process for this, the way you prepare yourself, prepare. An SOP. Yeah. Yes. All that work. You can Mm. just write that in process before you even have a team so that when you hire somebody or get a freelancer, you just literally send that process to them. Mm. Um, And thirdly, just to the point of, I have to do everything because, you know, I'm a control freak or whatever. Um, You will never own a business if that is how you are going to work. You become the business, right? You are the business. Uh, It won't grow beyond you and beyond your time and energy. So that is a big risk. Hmm. And I'm reminded of two things. Again, that great book um, by Michael Gerber, The E-Myth, which I recommend everyone read at least once. It's a very simple anecdote, but gives people the perspective of a business, but from three hats or three people. And when you are one of the people who, as I began, thinking that everything must come from me, be done by me, owned by me, uh, that is a break on you. It's a break on your business and it, it has its limits. And at some point it doesn't work anymore. And if you are then thinking of um, where you should go with this and the vision that you want for your business, it has to be something that I think is beyond you. And I know that when I've used um, other people as examples and learned from them, I've realized that they don't do everything themselves. They have a team or they outsource particular aspects of their business. So arguably, when you have a business, it's when you're not the business. The business exists without you. You can take time off. You can build something which you can sell. And and that, as a in, a in a personal capacity, has really helped me to think about where I want to end up. Many people who are in self-employed land don't think of the end game. They're thinking of the inner game, but not the end game. Where do I want to be in 10, 15 years? And many people, I'm thinking of John Warlow, who... Um, has a great podcast all about, as you do too, um, all about building a business to, to be sold. Um, Built to Sell is his book, Built to Sell. For people listening, I'll provide that in the show notes. It reminds people of the mission, n- not just the, the journey. Where do you want to end up? If you are the business, then there's nothing to sell because take you away from the business, there's nothing that someone would buy. Mm-hmm. And I've been reminded of that, that, that important vision. It's great to have a business and call yourself a business owner, but if you are the business... And there's nothing else except you. How does someone actually value that if you are out of that business? Yeah. So where you're going is a big thing. It's it's great to be in the business. I love working for myself and I'm building a company now and a team. But I have to be reminded of the fact that if I am the business, ultimately, there's nothing to sell. Because if I ask someone how they value my business and they say, well, actually, nothing. And I'd say, why? They'll say, because you are the business. If I can't have you, what's it worth? So we have to build systems, SOPs, as you've alluded to, Rochelle, and help other people to help us. It's tough to let go sometimes because we want to be the star, the rock star, where everything yeah. comes from me, is done by me, owned by me, but that's not really a business. So can I ask you personally, You know, what is your vision, you and your partner, for yeah. where you want your business to go and why? Yeah. Uh, and to your point that you just said you know, about like being important, in the end, most entrepreneurs have a big ego, whether you want to admit it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do want to be important. We want to be out there. We want to do the most important work and, and shine at our clients' meetings. And that's all great. You get yep. to do that. But don't overdo it in the sense that you're actually working against yourself. You're making itself 
harder to work on the business or in the business. Um, you don't need to. And also, if you feel like right now, maybe it's too early stage to hire somebody, you don't need to hire somebody full-time. You don't need to do a mm-hmm. full contract. You can start super duper small. Um, get somebody from Fiverr, uh, the platform where you just hire a freelancer or yeah. just talk to somebody's friend or like a student that you know, or, you know, a nephew or a cousin or something like that. But start somewhere just to get the idea of, whoa, I'm not doing that and still working for me. Oh, I don't need to do that stuff anymore. Right. Because I know how it works but it's low leverage tasks really. Um, but to get to your question about our, our uh, vision uh, right now, we, we run a coaching academy for business owners and that's what we're doing. We have one-on-one and we have um, uh, group programs, but we really want to get to the point where we are hosting full week uh, retreats. We just did our one day retreat uh, where entrepreneurs come in with, you know, their, their challenges around how can I make this work for me? Uh, how can I work more on the business? Uh, how can I really expand myself to a new potential? Whereas we always view ourselves as we are now, what we can achieve now and never get to the point of understanding where we can go with our potential. Um, we did that in one day uh, to understand where we can go from a subconscious visualization. And it really got people out of their comfort zone and looking into literally into their eyes uh, and thinking, wait, I can achieve that too. Wait, that's in my mind. Why do I want that? And, and that's something we want to expand to a full week in which people go really deep uh, on their challenges, but not. I, by I'd love to be on that one. If I, yes. if, if it, you do it. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Yes. And we have yeah. the feeling we'll be doing this end of September or October this year. So I'll let you know for sure. In Spain. Um, yes. In Spain. Right. Down the road. Fantastic. Yeah. Cause there's so much we can think of, you know, we can mm. strategize and think that's where I want to be, but we always forget that there's so much more going on in our bodies and in our brains that we want to achieve. And that's one of the things we really want to do, have different modalities beyond thinking and coaching that actually shift people's perspective on who they can be, their potential really as a business owner. Um, so that's one of the big things we want to achieve for this year. Yeah, that that really resonates with me because when I'm when I'm coaching people uh, in, in sales, I'm looking for their why. That's the thing yeah. that comes to mind. Why are you doing this? Yes. You know, who's it for? For you, someone else? We, is it a we or an I? Because that's the fire. That's the thing in the engine. Unless you have that clarity about what you're doing it for, whom you're doing it for, and it could be for different reasons, often deeply personal, um, that the wheels come off the train when you aren't clear on where you're going and why you're going there. Yeah. And I think that clarity is everything in business. Mm. That's why what we just talked about inner game and systems, it all comes to being very intentional with who you are and how you come across in your time and your efforts. But having clarity on where you're going and why you want that, and thus understanding what kind of vehicle business is for you, Mm -hmm. that gives so much more confidence. It doesn't make sense, but I've seen coaches change in three months time from yeah, I'm doing pretty well, but I'm not really sure where I'm going. And yeah, it's it's working out. And then after getting so clear on everything that's happening for them and you know, really writing out why they want this and how they want their lives and business to look in five years' time and being in full detail about that and, and feeling that emotionally, they are now more in control. That feeling of I know where I'm going, you know, but also looking back, that's also clarity, looking back on where you were three years ago as an entrepreneur Mm. or just uh, working as an employee, where were you and how far have you gotten already? Like three years ahead, what have you already achieved? And thus, is it reachable for me? What I want in three years time? Absolutely. But having that clarity back and forth, um, that gives so much confidence. 
Yeah, it's an overused word, but it's so true. Vision, you know, we often yeah. hear about business as vision, but you ha- you have to have a vision because that's the thing that sustains you, maintains you. Um, and back to the point about but but the end. This is a journey, but all journeys end. There's a game, the inner game, you call it, but there's an end to the game. And, and it's being comfortable knowing that someday you will not be an entrepreneur anymore because that's life. You'll not you'll not be doing this in 50 years time. So what is your end goal? What is the why? What is the the thing that will make you feel when you look back, you won't say, oh, oh I wish I'd spent another day in the office. Um, no one does. And I'm reminded of that wonderful book by Bonnie Ware about the uh, the final wishes of the dying. It's, it's quite mm. a moving book where she describes what people say at the end of their lives. And no one says, I wish I'd earned more money. No one says, I, I wish I'd accumulated more crap or bought more things I didn't need. Mm. Um, it's, it's connecting with the why. Um, what is that thing that makes you do that thing and want to keep doing that thing? And if you could not do that thing, does that end who you are? Are you, are you that thing or can you see the difference between you and the thing that you do? So there's a healthy mix between being obsessed about what you do as an entrepreneur, but knowing that one day the whole thing will end. It will come to an end. You'll be overtaken, bypassed, unneeded anymore. Um, or you have sold your business. Or you have sold your business. Correct. Yeah. Maybe that's yeah. a positive angle. Exactly. You'll realize, yeah. you know what? It's time to now do something else. It's time yeah. to now start something different. I've, but some people can't recognize that. And there's a guy I know, I won't name him, obviously, uh, not in this country, but he began his business as a consultant slash training consultant in 1991. He's still going. Mm. And every now and again, he jumps in and I'm thinking, why are you not letting go? Wh- where is your end goal? And he said several times, I'm going to retire. There's no sign of that happening. Mm. So that comes down to decision. And the word decision, as I understand it, is from the Latin de, uh, from, and cadir, which is cut. So a true decision is being able to cut from things, knowing when to cut from things, to commit to something, and to literally know I have to let go to grow. I've got to say, no, I will never get that thing done. I'll never start this kind of business. Um, And that's a healthy, but a hard decision to make. So a true decision is to cut from things. Do you have, do you have people in your clinics, your uh, work who just cannot let go in terms of um, wanting to stay on the track forever? They have no real vision to, to say now's the time to say goodbye or to hang up my boots. I would say no, hundred percent. No. Because the people that we work with are highly ambitious. They are driven and they don't want to end. Like they don't want to work less. It's actually about doing more and getting more done and, you know, getting more success in. But also understanding that this is part of their life. And uh, we always work with a vision uh, board, like literally where do you want to be in five years? What is your best role within the company? Do you want to sell it? Um, do you only want to be doing certain work? Uh, who's working with you? What's your team like? But also, what are you doing this for? And then often it comes down to family. I want to start a family or I want to be there with my kids. Um, you know, I want to be uh, working four days a week instead of five or six, uh, right? These are always the decisions um, that they, they have in mind. Um, so no, most people have clarity on that, or at least get it in our, in our programs. Yeah. Okay. But beforehand they don't, um, or do some do maybe if I were to ask that question, they were, they would know, but they mm-hmm. don't have that, that clear on paper. Um, what I think is really, really important. That's also what we did with our retreat day. and want to do again is feeling the emotion of 
satisfaction or fulfillment or you know, really stepping into your zone of genius, really understanding what that feels like when you reach certain goals or when you have that free time. Because if we never like stop ourselves and uh, celebrate successes or milestones or wins of the week, uh, or yeah. when we reach our goals, we will never be satisfied. And that's the ego again, right? Like I just, I need more. I need more. No, no, wait, this is what you wanted. And knowing your end goal or your midterm goal is so fulfilling because then you know why you're doing what you're doing. And also when you're not working, you know that you're enjoying the journey. Final big question for me then, Rochelle, do you have people in your workshops or in fact, people whom you know in your network who just don't know when enough is enough? And they've got these enormous visions that are actually in your mind too big for them. They just don't see the limits and they think that just having a vision will um, come to reality, it'll manifest itself. Do you have people who literally do not know their own limits? Yes, I do know them. Um, they're not the people we work with. Um, but these are people who are highly driven to mm-hmm. reach their goals. And if you were to ask why they're trying to reach that business goal or achieve that big success, they won't admit it, but often it has much to do with something they never got um, years ago. In, as a child or during yeah. other years in, in, in life. Um, and that is, it's toxic to see people working until the end of time uh, on their phone when you're having dinner, uh, not being present with their partner. They are there literally uh, physically, but not mentally and emotionally. And it's sad to see. And I mean, you can't save everybody. You can't help everybody, but yeah. because we're so deep down into this work, it's really hard not to see. Um, and it's sad because at some point, either of these people's crash. I think they crash mentally and physically mm-hmm. before they actually learn the lesson. Yeah, that is true. Where can people find out more about you online? Um, I am very active on LinkedIn. So just type in my first and last name, Rochelle Leerling. Uh, I post a lot about the work that we just discussed, uh, a business on your terms, intentional entrepreneurship, uh, really making sure that you feel great in the process while you're still ambitious and making it happen. And secondly, we have our website, that's growtribute.com, where you can find client testimonials and more about who we are, our backgrounds and all that stuff. And you also have an interesting score app, which is a tool I use as well, by the way, for for lead generation, um, which can help people within five minutes get their business potential score BPS. Absolutely. Yeah. Be free to use that as well. You can find it on our website and on my LinkedIn. Great. I'll provide all those links in the show notes. Rochelle, thank you so much for being my guest today on the show. Thank you for a nice conversation. Huge thanks to Rochelle Leerling for being my guest today on the show. You can find out more about Rochelle by visiting her LinkedIn profile. That's Rochelle Leerling, L-E-E-R-L-I-N-G, and Rochelle is spelled R-A-C-H-E-L-L-E. You can also find Rochelle's website online, which is over at Grow Tribute, Grow Tribute, And you'll find also a questionnaire, which I mentioned at the end of this week's episode, which Rochelle has put together with her partner, all about helping you to check your business potential. More episodes, of course, next Thursday. Please tell other people about the podcast. I love knowing that people find value. If you've got some suggestions, you can email me directly. That's mark at trainingbusiness.com. And my colleague Turul and I have begun to put up more articles on trainingbusiness.com. That's long overdue and you can expect to see at least two every week from now on. And these are aimed at people who are entrepreneurs, aimed at running their own business 
and also people who are thinking of it and all what all the things we're doing are designed to help you with your journey wherever you are on that journey if you've got suggestions or questions then please email me otherwise i expect to see you back again next thursday for another episode of the show look after yourself and speak soon once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. See you next time.